At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Being chased as he heaves it down the bar, and the man is there. It's Hill able to get away from John Johnson, who was in the locker room to start the quarter. And he crosses the goal line for a one play strike from 75 yards. You're listening to Beck QL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Gillio, and Aaron Hawksworth from Beck QL. Welcome back. It is BetQL Daily presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth. And we're joined now by our guy Ed Egros, sports analytics expert of FanDuel for more ways to win as well as Valley Sports West. You can also find his work NBC Sports Edge and at the Power Rank with Ed Fang. Happy to have you back, Ed. And uh, we just heard there the cut from last week, Mahomes to Hill. It's uh, the great combination in Kansas City. Let's start with that game Sunday. Let's start with a big one. Sunday Night Football. Chiefs heading to Baltimore. Baltimore off the lost Monday Night Football. Last we looked, three and a half points. The Ravens are getting at home in this game. It feels crazy to bet against Mahomes ever. Uh, do you see any value on the home team, though? Uh, maybe a desperate spot with the Ravens here, Ed? It's one of those things where, on the one hand, I am not a big fan of against-the-spread trends. Uh, I know we cited a lot in this business in this space, but it's one of those things where I go, okay, is, is the fact that this one team is eight and two against the spread in this particular situation, is this predictive uh, to get my nerdy data science on? Uh, is, is this against the spread record predictive in any kind of way? In this case, I actually think it is when it comes to the Chiefs because they have not been covering a lot of games uh, dating back to last season. And I think it's in large part because Andy Reid leaves a lot of points on the table. He is not aggressive when it comes to fourth down. And it's interesting to me because you have arguably the best quarterback in Pat Mahomes, arguably the best tight end in Travis Kelsey, arguably the best receiver in Tyreek Hill. And yet he does get conservative in certain situations. And I think what that does is it limits what the actual ceiling is for this offense. And so you combine that with the fact that, yeah, Lamar Jackson is still a dynamic quarterback. Uh, He can still take control of the game. And especially with that hook, I see some real value for Baltimore here. Uh, We kind of laugh at it as sports bettors with the overreaction that we see to week number one, and we've seen that uh, play out with the point spreads and all of the wild movement that we saw in the first half of the week. But um, I, I know better, but there are a number of games where I'm thinking, I really want to take that underdog, but that's dirty. 
I mean, they just might outright stink. All the numbers that we talked about all offseason, they might not matter. They could be a different team. We see teams that underperform the win totals by four or five wins. It happens every single year. Is, is there a dog that you love in week two? Is there a dog I love in week two? The answer is yes, and it's the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, yes. In large part, <laughs> yes, exactly. I love the Las Vegas Raiders because, first of all, Derek Carr is an outstanding quarterback. If he's not a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, he is certainly top 12, top 13. And we need to start respecting him, especially when you consider, okay, yeah, Darren Waller is an outstanding tight end, uh, probably top five in the league. But beyond that, I don't have a whole lot of faith in his weapons. I don't know if I have a ton of faith in his offensive line, at least not yet, but this is an outstanding quarterback. Uh, the metric I love, EPA, CPOE, composite. Had Derek Carr ninth last season uh, among all qualifying starting quarterbacks. Ninth. That's incredible. And John Gruden can still coach him up. Still a great play caller. Still a great play designer. And especially in this matchup when you're dealing with an overrated team, uh, to me, the wrong team's favored here. So, yeah, give me the Raiders wow. in this spot. Woo. That's a big one. Yeah, the rate. The, you know what, Ed? You <laughs> I left you speechless. We, that's good. You did. You did because both Joe and I were on it earlier. We were talking about that, that side of the game, the Raiders. But when you said it there, the wrong team is favored in the game. That mm -hmm. struck me because, you know, once in a while, the, the reactions to week one versus week two, that will throw some of these lines off. You're like, man, that that moves a lot. Let, let's go to a game that has moved a lot. We, you know, the look ahead line versus week two line, Seattle. Five-and-a-half-point favorites now over Tennessee. This is a big difference versus the look-ahead line. Do you think this one is too much of an overreaction? Or based on week one, is this right? Seattle looked great, and the Titans looked awful in week one. Well, first, quick digression here, which will sort of answer your question. I love the over here. I know it's a high total, uh, but I like the over here. Uh, in large part because, yes, week one was awful for the Titans in a variety of ways, but – I think that's in part because you have this dynamic playmaker in Julio Jones, who is phenomenal when it comes to the curl route, and he's having to play a little bit differently. I mean, it's incredible that Julio Jones had just six targets in that game. Uh, to me, it should be much, much higher than that. And I know six isn't like a small number, but when he's your you know, best receiver, if not your second best receiver, I, I want to get the ball to him more, especially if I'm trailing significantly uh, throughout the entire contest. So there, so that's part of it. Yeah, Seattle and Russell Wilson, they're great. No doubt about that. Not taking anything away from them. But can Tennessee keep up in a game like this? The infrastructure, to me, suggests yes. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, pretty solid play-action quarterback uh, as far as I'm concerned. I'd like to see a little bit more of that, but I think they're more than capable of doing those things. And as far as the wide receiver personnel, that may take some getting used to because it is significantly different. But – it may only take one week to sort of figure that out. Not to mention, you know, the pass rush, the pressure that Tannehill was feeling uh, in that entire game. I don't know if that's going to be sustainable. And, and Seattle's not going to generate that kind of pressure. I certainly don't see that. So to me, this is a game where I still think Seattle can win, but that's that number is just too big for me because I do think Ryan Tannehill can keep up. Ed, we were trending down to the Chargers minus two and a half against Dallas. Uh, Dallas with their mini buy, but then uh, it was a bad Wednesday. The news of Demarcus Lawrence, then Lyle Collins suspended. Uh, I, I was definitely looking at the Cowboys getting at least a field goal, but now it's uh, we're up to three and a half, and some spots are posting Chargers minus four. 
that's insane. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, yeah, but let me get my job from off the floor there. <laughs> it, it's something where, and not only that, but I think the other thing too, like, okay, put all the injuries aside for just one moment and, and put everything to one side in terms of who's playing, who's not playing. All the hullabaloo, it seemed like, uh, out of Cowboys camp was about not running the football enough. Now, first of all, forgive my language here, but that's balderdash. Dak Prescott played a great game, a great game, and he checked out of a lot of runs, rightfully so. He managed that game very, very well, and anybody who says he's less than that doesn't know what they're talking about. So give Dak Prescott his due there, number one. Number two, Mm -hmm. it's something where because there was so much hullabaloo about running the football, Jerry Jones, you know, much as I love him, you know, it feels like he can't help himself here. And it does seem like that they're going to be running the football a good bit more. So if, if you're doing DVS or fantasy, yeah, Ezekiel Elliott, circle him uh, as far as this game is concerned. But my fear is that they are going to be so dedicated to running the football just because that it's going to be a problem that could ultimately lead to some inefficiencies offensively. Now, four is too big of a number, but if it were back to three, two and a half, I, you know, I'm not quite comfortable taking the Cowboys money line there. Uh, but I mean, if it's getting to be a ridiculous number, then I think, yeah, Cowboys money line at four, that has a lot of value there because yeah. we know what Dak Prescott's capable of. So that that totals too high now, right? Mm-hmm. If you think Zeke's going to get a lot of work. Yeah, I think so. Uh, if Zeke's going to get a lot of work, then the clock's going to keep on running. Now, now bear in mind that the Cowboys still uh, are top three, if not number one, in terms of tempo. Uh, they they run a lot of plays. They don't they don't waste a lot of time in between plays. So that may off balance things a little bit. Uh, but as far as the total is concerned, I mean, there's also the possibility, and you know, I don't know if this Cowboys defense will be generating a lot of takeaways, but it is certainly possible. Uh, that Justin Herbert could feel some pressure from backups, uh, you know, especially from that linebacking core, to where th- there are a number of routes where this game could go under. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Ed Egras, FanDuel, joining us here. Talking some NFL Week 2. Ed, it's always interesting early in the season when a team surprises in Week 1, does something we're not, we weren't expecting in Week 1, big performance, like, all right, do I buy this? Do I not? It leads me to Eagles at Niners. I think it's one of the games of the week. I love the game. I think it's really fascinating. But the Eagles are one of the biggest surprises after week one. They didn't just win against Atlanta. They dominated. You look at every number, yards per play, their defense, their offense, DVOA, it's all great. Are you buying what you saw from the Eagles in week one? Was that? Do you think that was for real? And, and if, if you're not sure yet, how much more do you need to see? One more good performance, two more to say, all right, maybe they're a surprise team. 
I, I do need to see a little bit more from Philadelphia to be comfortable. Uh, as much as uh, Jalen Hurts really took over that ball game, uh, can he do it against this Niners defense? Now, granted, I do believe that this Niners defense could be a tad overrated. Not that they're bad, uh, not at all, but uh, there were there were some you know retooling actions involved. And so I don't know if I necessarily trust what the Niners defense can show. Uh, it may be closer to an average group as far as that's concerned. But, you know, the bigger picture here is, all right, yeah, Jalen Hurts looked fantastic against Atlanta. Fine. Challenge is going to be a good bit bigger. And can he keep up with Jimmy Garoppolo and all the weapons that he has at his disposal? What we're seeing out of San Francisco is something really special. Yeah, Debo Samuel, phenomenal performance against the Lions. Uh, George Kittle still fantastic, but then he has a lot of guys who Jimmy G uh, is able to to turn into stars, and that to me is the biggest difference here. Is you don't know who that weapon is going to be who could simply go off, uh, akin to what the Saints have done the last couple of years, where you know you're having to to go to the back of the book, the back of the program, uh, to figure out uh, who's playing what and who just scored that touchdown. San Francisco could very well be in that, in that same situation where you've got a fifth, sixth, seventh string running back, uh, all of a sudden going off for 30 air yards. Uh, I think that's what San Francisco is capable of doing. So the spread doesn't bother me here. I think San Francisco can cover it. Ed, we have three games with double-digit spreads, and not just double digits, 11, 12. We might even get to 13 this week. Cleveland, Houston, mm-hmm. Tampa, Atlanta, Green Bay, Detroit on Monday night. Any of those interest you? I love the Packers uh, over the Lions. Uh, That one, to me, uh, feels really good. Uh, You know, I'm a big believer in not succumbing to recency bias. Uh, You know, I I was joking on uh, more ways to win that if FanDuel forced me to get a tattoo, that's exactly what I would put on my arm. Do not succumb to recency bias. I don't know what foreign language I would use there. Uh, Maybe Latin uh, might be the way to go. But the point here is this. Aaron Rodgers is not going to put two clunkers together. The Saints defense is quite solid, especially when it comes to uh, sort of secondary sacks, so to speak. That's not going to happen in this situation, uh, you know, especially with the injuries uh, at corner to Detroit. I, I think this is going to be a great opportunity for Aaron Rodgers to get back on the right footing uh, and, and score 40, 50 points. Uh, I have no problem backing a big spread uh, as far as that one's concerned. And Rams at Colts this week is an interesting game. You know, Colts coming off a loss, another home game. I didn't like what I saw at Indianapolis. I, I, everything was underneath. They couldn't push the ball down the field. Their defense, which I think is good, gave a big plays over the top. Here come the Rams off a big win. You know, th- this might be that kind of spot where, like, is it too many points? So am, am I overreacting to a bad Colts game? My, my eyes told me Carson Wentz is still not right. I don't know if this is the player he is or it's the foot thing off the surgery, but I, I like the Rams even laying three and a half on the road. What do you make of that game? I think we have the same read as far as Carson Wentz is concerned. I have some real questions about him as well. Again, going back to the EPA CPOE composite, Carson Wentz was at the bottom of this list for much of last season. Uh, You know, the Eagles, the last thing they wanted to do was replace Wentz at quarterback, and then they absolutely had to. They didn't have a choice. And now the Colts take him and they figure, okay, we've got a great offensive line. We can take care of this. And the truth of the matter is, if you have a lackluster quarterback, you cannot win in today's NFL no matter how great your offensive line is and I think it's solid uh tight end play is solid I think they have a couple of good receivers too with the Colts but there is a reason why I was very bearish about the Colts having any chance of winning the AFC South the AFC South boys and girls uh and and now all of a sudden yeah 
you know, the Rams, I, I'm not a big believer that they're winning the NFC West. I still think the Seattle is really, really good. The Niners are solid. Arizona showed me something. So, you know, I still have some questions about the Rams as well. But three and a half is not a huge number here. And until Carson Wentz gets right, if he can get right, I don't trust the situation. Ed, what are your, some of uh, your favorite looks in college football this week? So one thing I like a lot is uh, Virginia covering against North Carolina, in large part because, you know, what did we see from Sam Howell uh, last season? Was it a sign of things to come for him, or was it that season opener against Virginia Tech uh, where, where, you know, he had a clunker there? Uh, I have some real questions. Meanwhile, Vernon Armstrong, uh, quarterback for Virginia, uh, I believe he's number one among Power 5 starting quarterbacks in PPA. So... He can obviously sling it. Uh, one of the better pass passing attacks in Virginia. And, you know, what are we getting from Sam Howell? Is it, you know, a sign of things to come? Or was that one game, uh, you know, a real issue there where 2021 is sort of falling back down to reality for him? So that one is interesting. The other one, too, uh, that I like a lot, A&M uh, against New Mexico, an enormous spread that should be even bigger. Uh, this will be a great opportunity for the Aggies uh, to prove why they should be a top five, top five team in America. Uh, I expect them to win by at least five and a half, six touchdowns. Great stuff. Ed, always appreciate having on. And Egros of FanDuel, more ways to win as well as Valley Sports West. You can also find his work, NBC Sports Edge and the Power Rank with Ed Fang. We'll do this again soon, Ed. We appreciate it. Coming up on the other side, we have Michael Felder joining us next. Talk some college football, college football analyst for Stadium Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth. This is BeckQL Daily, presented as always by FanDuel Sportsbook on the BeckQL Network. These Joes are helping you bet like a pro. It's Joe Ostrowski and Joe Gillio and Aaron Hawksworth on BeckQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook.